And welcome back to another edition of the Two Minute Warning Show. I'm your host Caputo, and let's get started. We got a nice little show for you today. Thought of this one earlier. I want to just take a look at some, not everyone, but just some of the guys I really think have been highlighted this year for offensive rookie performances. And I got three receivers in mind that I want to talk about, two running backs in mind, and two quarterbacks that I really think have been just destroying it so far in their rookie years, and they're only going to get better from here. And let's get started with the Rodgers here. First one I want to talk about is second round pick. First pick of the second round, pick number 33, T. Higgins, baby, Clemson boy. Uh, my man from uh, Clemson here, T. Higgs, used to be uh, Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Now he's Joe Burrow's favorite target in Cincinnati. This man's coming into week seven. With 22 receptions, 339 yards receiving, two receiving touchdowns, and he's averaging 15.4 yards per reception. Kid's doing great. I mean, the guy came into the season really being the fourth string receiver, being behind A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and at the time it was John Brown. Uh, yes, John Brown from uh, the the fast uh, pace uh, receiver who. Has been really John. Excuse me, John. John Ross. Uh, my, my mistake there. John Brown. John Brown's on the Buffalo Bills. John Ross. John Ross is really already declared a bust. Another first round pick who was supposed to be hopeful. Had uh, really was a, a combine guy, and then has done really nothing but get injured in the NFL. And basically, it was easy for Higgs to go over him. Now, Adrian Green is also struggling this year, not being really the Adrian Green we used to see. So that's really been giving Higgs more opportunity to really show face and he's been proving that and you look at some of the games he's had here he's really been putting up some great performances in, in a lot of these games we see last week a perfect example last week he finished with six receptions out of eight targets and had a, and had 125 yards receiving his first 100 yard game of the season and his best touchdown performance was in his second week he had five receptions Nine catches, or excuse me, nine targets with five receptions, 40 yards, but he got in the end zone twice. And you see, really, since then, he's been getting better. The week after that, four catches for 77, four catches for 62, and then the six for 125. And he, he's really, he's good. I like him a lot. It's good that they got, I thought I, it was the perfect timing to get this guy. Like, they got Burrow in the over first overall pick, and then they already had A.J. Green and Boyd there, but they said, hey, let's give this kid another young stud uh, receiver to help him going forward because who knows what's going to happen with A.J. Green and Boyd, it, not that Boyd's bad or anything, but boy, like if A.J. Green leaves, they need to keep the pressure off Boyd as well because he's more of a slot receiver in my opinion but he could also play the outside, but I think Boyd is much better in the slot, so they need to at least get somebody just in case of A.J. Green leaves and they did right here, the, the first pick in the second round, they go T. Higgins and Higgs is good and he's going to only get better from here. And he, whatever happens to Adrian after the season, Higgs and Boyd are going to be the young guys going forward with Burrow and just continue to do great things in Cincinnati. Team's a long way of being a playoff team again, hopefully soon. But I really like that Higgs pick, man. He, he's a stud. He's just a big, big body guy, six, six foot four, 215 pounds, and just that big body. I love those big body guys that are talking this. You throw it high, and then you can just jump up there and get it. Bring it on down. He, the sky's the limit for this kid. He's, he's very good. I like Higgs a lot. 
Second receiver I want to talk about is the man they thought was going to be the sly receiver, and a lot of teams passed on him because of that, and he's ended up turning into another Stefan Diggs version of why this is one of the reasons why they got him. And I'm talking about, yes, that's man, LSU national champ with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson with the Minnesota Vikings, and six foot one, two hundred two pounds. Kid is a stud. Yo, this kid literally went. Like, one of the, I always laugh at the Eagles because like they should have drafted this kid. They went with Jalen Rager, who's now who not a bad receiver, but like he's just injury prone already to start his career. And this kid, man, he looked. I think the problem was they didn't know what to do with him the first two weeks. So he really was nothing the first week, but his last couple weeks here, oh man, like like well, look at last week again for example. Last week against Atlanta, eleven targets. He caught nine of them for 166 yards and two touchdowns. Then his other two big highlight weeks, he had against uh, Tennessee. Nine targets, seven catches, 175 yards and a touchdown. Then the week after that, against Houston, five targets, four catches, 103 yards. Kid is just proven. And that's when they moved to outside. I think the first couple weeks he was only playing slot and not getting much. But every week they keep getting more and more reps. Second, 22nd pick in the first round, man. 28 receptions, 537 yards receiving, three receiving touchdowns, and he's averaging 19.2 yards per reception. Justin Jefferson, man, just he he's like exactly what they left off at. They had Diggs as their speedster, deep threat. Now they got Justin Jefferson. They, they're not skipping a beat with that guy. You know, he's proven that he he's not just a slot guy because that was his biggest problem. They asked him, can you be more than a slot guy? And he said he can do it. And he's proven it, man. I don't know why a lot of teams that need receivers, they passed on this guy. Dumb. This kid's just another great weapon for Minnesota. Now, I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't the greatest quarterback in the world. We can all agree on that one. But if they can, if they move on from Cousins and get someone who just loves the deep ball, another guy, Justin Jefferson, who's just going to be continuing to, a name you'll be hearing going forward and another weapon that Minnesota can just use along with Thielen. And it's... Another just great young rookie with, once again, sky the limit, man. Sky is the limit. And then the third and final receiver I want to, I want to talk about who I think has been really showing up really well, C.D. Lamb. 36 catches, or 36, yeah, 36 receptions, 497 yards, two touchdowns, and he's averaging 13.8 yards per reception. Six foot two, 200 pounds out of Oklahoma. 17th overall. This was one of my favorites because it was basically that fuck you move by Dallas. We all remember a few years ago when Dallas was going to draft Dallas Goddard because they need a tight end after Jason Wynn was leaving. Who steals them? The Eagles. Well, that were, that, we're going to keep... Well, karma's a bitch and she came back on this one. You're the Eagles need a receiver? Looked like CeeDee Lamb was going to fall right in their laps and then boom, the Cowboys who already had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper didn't need a wide receiver. They draft him anyway and pretty much make him the slot receiver for their team as a fuck you to revenge for taking Dallas Goddard. Now we're going to take the receiver that you should have had and would have been the superstar for Philadelphia. Man, he really beat them up well, Jerry Jones, with that, man. That pick really killed him. Oh, man, but the big games I've seen him play so far this season against Cleveland is when he really shined. With uh, seven targets for five receptions for 79 yards and two touchdowns. And then the week after against the Giants, he went off with 11 targets with eight receptions and 124 yards receiving. He also had a good game against Atlanta where he was targeted nine times. but caught six of them for 106 yards receiving. So it's just another guy who 
he could really play uh, both slot and on the outside. He's good. They really the only problem is he's been playing mostly slot this year uh, because of a uh, you know you already got Cooper and you you already got Michael Gallup, but he has been lined up a few times on the outside and he he can be an outside receiver. It just stinks that like they're really not going to see a lot of them. Because they've got a crowded wide receiver crew. Personally, I don't think Michael Gallup's having as good a year as he was projected to be. So if I was them at the trade deadline, uh, I would trade Michael Gallup. Trade Gallup and you can probably get a decent draft pick for him. You know, hopefully draft a a defensive player going forward. Because this was really killing the Cowboys. Their defense is terrible. But that's what I would do. I would trade Gallup. And obviously you got Cooper locked up, so you're good there. But I I would trade Gallup so you can have CeeDee Lamb be the official outside starter right there because I think he'd be great. Him and Cooper together would be a dynamic duo because I think Gallup's really not doing much. He opens up the field a little bit. Not that he's bad. I I think Gallup is good, but I think it was just it's so crowded right now that I just even think he's losing reps because now they got C.D. Lamb in there who's starting to steal some reps from him. You know? And Amari Cooper is the favorite target there to begin with. So I'd rather see Gallup go somewhere else. Like maybe the Jets or the Giants or even Philly, you know, <laughs> Philly, he would be great. That would actually be perfect. Put Gallup, Gallup in Philly with uh, Jalen Rager. That would be a nice future going forward. You got Jalen Rager on one side, you got Gallup on the other. Maybe Fulgram could be in the mix there. And Greg Ward, I think any of those NFC, any other, you won't see him go there because they usually never trade in house. But any of those NFC East teams, and then the Jets, I said before, really, I, there's a lot of teams that need receivers. I think Gallup would thrive of being a, uh, like a second starter on another team. And then CD Lamb would be the, move to the outside. But we'll see what happens. You know, Jerry Jones, he's crazy. He'll do anything. Now I want to move to my two running backs. I want to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, man. Running back, first round, 32nd pick overall. Kansas City was a smart move. The 5'8", 200-pound, 209-pound boy. Kind of saw this coming. Most... People saw us in the draft because they needed they, they they said they were looking for that extra receiver going for or uh, a running receiver really because that's what they like in the running backs they like those extra they like the guys that are not just a running back but they can also be that receiving type back they can do both the running receiving and you saw what the the other guy uh, their their previous running back who they had in the roster who uh, decided to leave. Uh, this not play, not participate in this year's season because of COVID. I'm trying to remember that. Uh, hold on, roster. Here we go. Kansas City. I want to say it was Jones or something, right? I know. I, I, I normally have myself prepared, but I didn't think I was going to talk about him real quick. Here we go. Uh, Damon Williams. There it is. That's how I knew it was uh, Dame Williams. Dame Williams. So, Dame Williams opts out because of COVID this year, like a few players did. Can't blame him on that. So it was perfect time for Clyde Edwards because then he steps up being the starter and he's hey man, he's doing great. I like him a lot. I'm really pissed though they went for the Le'Veon Bell move. I don't know why. I mean let's look at his stats. 107 uh attempts. 505 rushing yards. One that's the only thing I think that's really killing him is he's struggling to get in the end zone. He's got one touchdown all season. And that's for that's not even one rushing touchdown. And he's averaging four point seven yards per carry, but I don't think that's his fault. And he's got no receiving touchdowns. But he, I just don't get it. His stats are good. He just can't score. That's what's really killing him. He's he's not scoring a lot. And then with looking at his receiving totals right here, he's got twenty one total receptions off thirty one targets, 
and 177 yards receiving. And on receiving, he's averaging 8 point yards per carry. He's got no touchdowns there, though. It's disappointing that, like, I, I think that's maybe they thought he'd get more. They are expecting more production out of him. But I don't think that's his fault. I think he's doing great. In fantasy, I think in my league, he's like the 10th best fantasy running back. He's even doing good in that realm. And they, they the Le'Veon Bell moves. I don't get that. They don't need Le'Veon Bell. They got a younger, better version. You know, I really feel bad because I think he's going to lose some. Once Le'Veon starts playing, he's going to have to. They're going to end up both splitting carries, and it's not fair to this kid. It's not fair. But I mean, hopefully, it's just for this year. I hope it's not. Uh, I hope they don't end up re-signing Le'Veon for next year. I think this kid deserves it. I mean, I think Williams will probably be back next year. So then I would. Still, even with Williams coming back, I wouldn't even... I'd pick Williams the backup. This kid's just good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just a very good running back, and he's only going to get better going forward. Other running back I want to talk about right now, my South Jersey boy from Southern High School, baby. 5'10", 226, stud. True freshman starter out of University of Wisconsin. Second round pick, 41st overall. Jonathan Taylor, 89 carries. 367 yards, three rushing touchdowns, averaging 4.1 yards per carry. Kid is great. Let's see his receiving stats real quick, too. So yeah, no receiving touchdowns, but he's still overall playing out of his mind. He really got lucky because it was going to be a, basically a split carry season with him with Marlon Mack. That's what it was originally going to be. Him, Marlon Mack was going to be the guy, and he was just going to probably fill in until Either eventually they move him up or injury. Luckily for Jonathan Taylor, sadly for Marlon Mack, injury. Tore his ACL week one. Week one <laughs> it happened. And Jonathan Taylor comes in and, like I've been saying for, he's just great. South Jersey guy. I always rep my South Jersey guys. I'm a South Jersey guy, you know. I love when uh, we, we produce some good talent out of this uh, southern region in New Jersey. And he's probably one of the better talents to come out of here in a long time. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, going forward, regardless of what happens to Marlon Mack, I don't even know what his contract situation is over there. It'd be crazy to put Marlon... Even as great as Marlon Mack is, he's injury-prone. You Jonathan Taylor's just been doing great for them, for them this year. Colts have been a great team to watch, and he's one of the reasons why. He's a, he's a good running back, man. And he's just going to be better going forward. It was a good... It was a, at, at, at first, I thought it was shocking that... They picked him, but then when you really think about it, it's like that's exactly why they picked him because look what happened. Marlon Mack, who is, like I said, injury prone, is now out for the season. So imagine if they didn't pick him. Then they'd be running on either Himes or Wilkins, and Himes really is only good receiving back, and Jordan Wilkins is just good at running, and they're the opposite of each other. Wilkins can't really catch that well. Himes can't really run that well. So then you'd be just splitting carries with them all season. Now you don't even have to worry about those two guys. They just stay as the second or third string. Let Taylor take over. And do his thing. So now, good thing they do, Jeff Taylor, because now they're still contending in the running game. And, uh, like, John Taylor, I like him a lot. He's probably, out of all most rookies this year, he's probably one of my favorite ones to watch. And I suggest you watch some Colts games going forward because they're going to be great, continuing to be great, with Jonathan Taylor leading the way in the backfield. Last two. with move the quarterbacks real quick. My man, Mr. Joe Burrow, smoking stogies. The Tiger King, Joe Burrow, amazing. He was from one Tiger in LSU to uh, the Bengal Tiger in Cincinnati. I love that, you know. 
<laughs> probably uh, eat, uh, eating the gumbo down there in uh, Louisiana, and now he's uh, he's smoking the stogies up here in uh, Cincinnati. You know, <laughs> that was my terrible impression of the LSU head coach. He got that deep, bro. Rising boys, uh, you know, and you can never understand a word he's saying. But uh, go Tigers, you know. <coughs> I do his voice, and you know it hurts. <laughs> it's a little scratched up. But anyway, Joe Burrow, the Tiger King. First overall pick deserves it. Six foot four, two hundred twenty-one pounds, tall, big man. A one thousand six hundred seventeen yards passing. Six passing touchdowns, four interceptions, and a quarterback rating of fifty point two. Now you got to give him credit. That's pretty damn good for being on what was the worst team in the NFL last year and is now still one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, with. A 1-4-1 one, one record. So, for him to even have that many passing yards is incredible. Yeah, I know, six touchdowns, that's not a lot. But for him to even have that with the team he's got, with the off terrible offensive line, that's pretty good. And it's more amazing that he's still even going into week seven has more touchdowns than interceptions. Because usually it's the other way around. Usually it'd be like four touchdowns and six interceptions. So, it's amazing he's not even turning the ball up that that much. And it's been seven straight weeks. He's only had four picks. So, you got to give him that. The kid is doing the best he can with what he's got. Give him a break. I still think he is the future of that. They haven't had a good quarterback. They've only really had, like, three good quarterbacks in their history. Boomer Sison, which the only reason he's even mentioned is because he's the only MVP. And he went to the, he's the only one bringing him a Super Bowl. Carson Palmer is the best quarterback in that franchise. He's got all the records. He's a stud. And the second best quarterback would be Andy Dalton, who's now the backup for the Cowboys and gets a little bit of a shot at playing again now that he's a starter and Dak's hurt. But that's a whole other story. Joe Burrow, I think he's going to be the guy that eventually will... It's too early to say Super Bowl, but hey, it could happen. You know, if they if they just draft properly and get free agents properly, it could happen. But I think he's one of those... You get these quarterbacks that come every once in a few... And they're uh, genera- generational, once-in-a-lifetime quarterbacks that really change your franchises. You know, like the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Breeses, uh, the Deshaun Watsons, the Kyler Murrays, the Pat Mahomes, you know, the Russell Wilsons, uh, the Lamar Jacksons. I can go on all day. You know what I'm saying? Those guys. The, the cha- they get there, and they're there forever. You know what I mean? They're going to be there forever, and they're going to be chain and they're, they're gonna win you Super Bowls and they're gonna get you to playoffs every year once you build around those guys Burrow is that guy for Cincinnati and like I said he's gonna continue doing that they just need to first get him a line because that's really what's killing him he's getting he's getting hit every single game and it's not his fault it's a, it's a weak line they really only have like one good offensive lineman it's the left tackle who is also even coming off uh Juwan Williams I think his name is and he's coming off uh, ACL injury. His rookie year, he was he didn't even play because he tore his ACL. Now this is his first year playing, and he's coming off. So he's not even as fast or as durable. His durability's not as good as he used to be. So and the rest, are, I don't even know who the rest of their offensive line is. That's how bad it is. They're just terrible. But you know he's got good weapons. We talked about that earlier. T Higgs is one of the reasons why he's still alive in some games. He's got Tyler Boyd. AJ Green's been a little bit of a disappointment this year because he's usually a top ten guy, but. You know, hopefully, maybe the second half of the season, he'll start to rev it up a little bit. They don't really have a tight end. They're, on, they're one good starting tight end tour or something, just like everybody else in the beginning of the season. So, they're down to, like, a crappy Drew Sample tight end. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they need 
They still have a lot of work to go. And they got Joe Mixon. Who, well, I'm not a big Joe Mixon fan. I think he's very overrated. Joe Mixon only wants... He, it's very hard to see him come out and have a big game. I feel like he either has a really bad game or... He, he can't even say he can't even say like really bad or really good. He's more he has more bad games than he does good games. And I know you can blame a little bit of that on the offensive line. I will do that. But even when you know the the beginning of his career a couple of years ago, and it was still decent offensive line and still a little bit of the Andy Dalton there, and they were a, a good team. He really wasn't doing much either. That surprised me. So that's just Joe Mixon for you. But going forward, I think Burrow. The future, he'll be there for a very long time, and I think you know they just gotta help him, help rebuild, help rebuild, get this kid a line. He's got a few weapons right now, and then get that get a defense there, and then Burrow set, and we'll be seeing them in the playoffs maybe in the near future. And then the last rookie I want to talk about, it's also quarterback, is Justin Herbert. Wow, wow, wow! This kid missed Week One because it was Tyrod Taylor's team to start, and it was gonna be one of those situations where you know. He'll start whenever we feel he's ready or injury. Lucky for him, it was week two. <clears throat> Tyrod Taylor gets his lung punctured by a doctor. That's a, actually, I'm not going to lie, a crappy way to lose your starting job because he didn't even lose it because of bad play. Lost it because a stupid doctor injured him, and now they just never even went back to him, which sucks. But what are you going to do? Tyrod Taylor used to be the GOAT. I liked him. I was a big VTech Hokie fan when he was there. I liked him at Buffalo. <coughs> Excuse me, just sucks that he never really panned out. Uh, with Cleveland, and then got screwed because of the Baker Mayfield thing, and then a very similar situation here. He has uh, plays one game here, then gets a bad, stupid injury. It's not even his fault, and then another rookie comes in, steals the highlights and spot for him. But Herbert going forward, the Oregon Ducks boy, six six, big boy, two thirty six on the weight. He's got one thousand one hundred ninety five yards receiving, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of seventy two point nine. Kid has a cannon, dude. That If you didn't see that Thursday night game against the Saints, you missed a really good football game because this kid almost won the game. That's been the biggest problem with them going forward. They only have one win, four losses. And those four losses are all the games he started, but they're not all. none of them were his fault. That's just bad defense because the defense doesn't know how to hold a lead. And then the offense just kind of shuts down. It's not his fault that's shutting down. It's just there's a lot of injuries, and they just, for some reason, they just they they get they wait to the last minute to try to score, and they they just never get it. But none of them were his fault. Herbert is a stud. This kid is unbelievable. Like I said, a can like that game. He was launching him down the field. I can't get over how far this kid can throw the ball. It's unreal. It's like watching a rocket shoot out. He just and and, and it's not even like he's like a, a a a deep arm, deep threat quarterback, and the ball just like completely accuracy wise just doesn't like hit its target. He just launched like kind of like how we saw Josh Allen his first couple of years where he was just launching it and the accuracy was just way off every time. But the kid had a cannon, and now we see Allen fix that. This kid's already ahead of that. Like he's already got the cannon and the accuracy. Now there are times where that game I'll use as an example too, because I see it a little couple times where he missed the wider receiver by like a yard or two. But like I said, that will get fixed. Look at Josh Allen. We saw Josh Allen struggle with that. He has a cannon, but his accuracy was terrible. So he was missing the guy by like five yards. His was even worse. He was missing like a whole five yards in front of him. And we said if he can just get the accuracy and the touch perfect. He will be an elite quarterback, and he's proven that this year. He's finally got it this year, and now he's a top-five quarterback this year, Josh Allen. Justin Herbert, you give this kid 
two, probably three years from now, he's gonna have this. He's gonna have the same uh, touch that Allen has, and because I think he's got it a little bit more better than Allen had his rookie year. But I think like two, three years down the road now, he's gonna have that perfect touch. He's already got the cannon, and he's his is like two, three yards away from the receiver. Give him, like I said, two, three years to work on it. And he'll be right on target every time. And they just re-signed Keenan Allen to a big contract. So he's got one of the top receivers to help him going forward as well. And I'm going to probably assume they're going to bring out Hunter Henry. I know they franchise tagged him this year. I'd be shocked if they let him go free agent. You know, you got to keep Henry on this roster too. Because that's going to be his uh, his short pass guy. You know, and he's been targeting Henry a lot. I think that's been one of his favorite targets this season. Has been Hunter Henry. So you got to bring him back, give him a nice big contract. So you got Keenan Allen as your deep threat guy, receiver, and your end zone guy, and then the same thing with your short pass, your short routes, you get a Hunter Henry, and then he's just got to really find another guy. Uh, probably Mike Williams, I would say, would be the next guy you uh, on this roster. would be like his medium route and uh, height route. Oh, like those high passes you give to Mike Williams. Justin Herbert going forward. Another kid, just like Joe Burrow. Is the franchise quarterback. We had Phillip Rivers forever here. Forever. 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 Yes. Finally, he's gone. And they said, all right, let's finally switch it up. And they, they draft this kid to be the future. And great pick. Great, great freaking pick, man. I'm... Not disappointed at all with the charges. I mean, the team is disappointing. They're one and four, but eh, they got a quarterback of the future. They got some players. You also have Austin Eckler, who is a, a good weapon for this kid going forward as a great running and receiving back. So he's got the weapons. It's just another team where it's a little bit of a weak offensive line. Pouncey, who's probably used to be the best offensive line, man, the center is just getting injury prone, beat up. Probably the biggest move they got Belagna from the Packers is the new right tackle, but then the rest of the line is just trash. And they really just got to find the spots going forward for another left tackle, left guard, and right guard. And then really after that, <clears throat> the defense is just it's just weird. The defense has great players, but they just don't click well. I don't know. Darwin James can be, can be one of the best safeties in the NFL if he really stays healthy. That's a problem. He's back-to-back years. He's got long-term injuries, so that kills him. They got probably the one of the top corners of Casey Hayward. It's like he's injured all. He's injured and or nowhere to be found. They go and get Chris Harrison Jr. and he's injured now. It's unbelievable. And then I just don't get it. They get all these good players. King, good corner. Now they move him to safety. He's all over the place. That guy. And then they did get um. Uh, they got a new um, linebacker, uh, K- Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. So you want, I think he's eventually going to be a good middle linebacker going forward for them. And then they signed Bosu a big contract, and then you hope they can keep Ingram there too, you know. And they got Linval Joseph, so it's weird they have the pieces, but it's I think it's just mostly been injuries and the guys are out of shape and they just don't do well late in games. They they start off the first half so good and then they just don't finish well. They're not a second half team; they're a first half team. That's they got to figure that out going forward. But, like I said, Justin Herbert, going to be great. I like him a lot. Going to be great. Now let's finish this show up with a quick run of Week 7 schedule. Shoot right into uh, a crazy uh, <laughs> NFC East battle, man. The, the, this NFC East is wide open. and It's not even like wide open for fun. It's like wide open because it's so bad. I mean, the, the leading team is the Cowboys with two wins. 
Everyone else in the division has one. Is that sad? Like, that's embarrassing. Remember when, like, the NFC East used to be the best division in football back in, like, the early 2000s when I was a kid? When, like, the when it was, like, Eli Manning in his prime, Donovan McNabb in his prime, uh, Tony Romo in his prime, and even, like, you're thinking, like, oh, who was the quarterback of the Redskins? No, don't even say RG3. I'm thinking before RG3 when it was, like, Jason Campbell. Yeah, I'm going that far back. Jason freaking Campbell, Auburn stud. That guy was actually a great quarterback there. And they, were, they weren't even like a bad team. They were like an over 500 loss team every year. So that it was just the division was so good. The only, it was like a fight to the end with usually, usually it ended up being like Dallas Eagles. But then like the Giants would sneak in there a couple years. And then the, Cowboys, the Redskins were at least just a good team that they would still give you a hard time. You know, with Jason Campbell, uh, Santana Moss they had, uh, Clint Portis, Sean Taylor... Uh, London Fletcher, I can go on all day with some of those old uh, great Redskins back in the early 2000s, man. Now this is like the worst division in football. It's a freaking joke. It's 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 embarrassing. It's it's fucking embarrassing. I'm sorry, I gotta like get really angry here. It's being, uh, you know, NFC East person here with the Giants. It's just the whole they're they're embarrassing. The Eagles are embarrassing. I don't care what fan you are. Redskins, Cowboys, they're all embarrassing. I was even on the phone with one of my friends earlier. He's a big Cowboys fan. He's already done with the Cowboys. He's telling me he's rooting for the Giants this week just so they can beat up on the Eagles. Hell, I, I, I told him, you know, you're an idiot. I'm rooting, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Eagles to beat the Giants because I don't want to win anymore. I want to try to get Trevor Lawrence or someone like that in here. I'm already done with my team. But going into this game, it's amazing that both these teams, even with the Cowboys with two wins, they're <laughs> fighting for to stay alive. Giants, Eagles, the only thing that's really given a disadvantage is half the Eagles is especially their offense is out injuries. Their entire, I think only two starting players are starting for their offense this week, which is uh, Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey. And then the rest of it, like their entire offensive line and their tight ends and receivers, and even the running back are all backups. That's insane, right? All backups. And then a couple guys on the defense that are banged up. And then you got the Giants coming off their first win. With not much injury, they just stink. And they just can't, Hold a goddamn lead. Or they can't come back and get the lead back. But, I don't know. I don't even know who to pick for this one. The only reason I would pick the Giants in this one is because of the injuries with the Eagles. But uh, the Eagles have just had the Giants number for so long that I could see the Giants coming out early on this one and then blowing it in the end. So I just think the second half Eagles, even with all the injuries, will find a way to come back in the second half and probably beat the Giants. But, like, then, like I said, could the injuries could affect that, and the Giants could find a way, but they really don't a lot of the times. So, it will be, I think, a good game, I because both teams are just so bad, and I think it's just going to be an evenly matched game. So, we'll just have to see what happens going forward with that. Um, going forward through there, uh, I, I picked the Eagles for that one. We have Detroit at Atlanta. Atlanta finally coming off their first win of the season last week. Looking like an actual Atlanta football team. I don't know where they've been all season. Especially Julio. My God. And then they go against a Detroit team who is so mediocre at this point. It's like, I, I don't know what's going on with that franchise. Who's going to win this one? I don't know. I mean, if here is if the if that Atlanta team that played last week shows up, they'll definitely win. If if that Detroit team 
that usually comes. The only reason the Detroit looked good last week, I think, is because we finally saw Deion, uh, uh, Swift, rookie running back, actually play good for freak's sake all season. Uh, I don't know. That's at Mercedes-Benz. Home field doesn't even matter anymore. I keep wanting to say, I keep trying to give teams home field advantage, but there really is no more home field advantage this season. I don't know. I think I'll give it to Atlanta just because they're on the, they're coming off a big, their first win last week, and now they're playing at home, so maybe they may feel a little more relaxed. I don't know. But gets a, a, a tough Detroit team that's just not really that great this year, so I don't know. I'll give it to Atlanta. I'm just not really sold in that game. It's not really a wow me game. Um, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland coming off a tough loss last week. I think it was mainly not their fault. I mean, they. Uh, I think Baker should not have played. He definitely was playing that game injured. And he didn't look good because he still had his ribs bothering him, and he was getting banged up a lot against a really good Steelers defense. Uh, I, I I'm gonna go personally, even if he comes back, because I, I I really haven't really looked at what his injury status is this week. But I I'm giving this one to probably the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow coming off a tough loss. They should have won that game last week uh, against a Colts team that really was the second-half comeback. Uh, I like the Bengals in this one over Cleveland. Uh, I think even with Cleveland, if, if those guys come back, uh, it's uh, Bengals will give them a little bit of run for their money. I think Cleveland did beat up on them last time, but I still think the Bengals come out with a win here. Uh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. This is a very good matchup. Both these teams uh, undefeated. Both these teams have uh, great players on each side. I think Pittsburgh is more favorable on the defensive side. Uh, Tennessee more favorable on the offensive side. King Henry last week, man. 200 yards. Two touchdowns. What was that, like 82 yards, 86 yards? I think that one, or maybe even longer. might have been 92 yards. That one run. King Henry coming for you. Uh, against a tough. This might be his toughest matchup uh, this season, I think, defensively for King Henry. Uh Will he be able to get past this this pass rush heavy or uh, excuse me, uh, blitz heavy defense of Pittsburgh? I mean, the going up the middle may help a little bit because they did lose Devin Bush to an ACL injury sadly last week. Who's gonna win this though? I think I'm gonna go Tennessee on this one. Just be, I really like Pittsburgh all season, but uh, Pittsburgh. I think their offense is gonna do good. I think the defense is gonna have a hard time um, against Derrick Henry and then AJ Brown who. Finally, he's coming out of this wing who had disappointing rookie year and now is uh, off to has was injured the whole pretty much the whole first half of the season. Now he come he's been coming back and playing very well. AJ Brown's probably gonna be a problem with the receiving game uh, for Pittsburgh. So I think Tennessee with this one. I really like Tennessee going in this one. Pittsburgh, I think he's gonna do good offensively because I don't think Tennessee's defense is that great. So I think offensively they'll do good. I think James Conner's got a good game. Claypool, the rookie out uh, of Notre Dame, has uh, been doing great. Uh, Juju, I think, will find his stride in this game. And Big Ben will just do his thing. So I think their offense will be good, but I think this game's going to come down to uh, pure defense. And I just think give a little bit of the advantage to Tennessee because I think their offense is just slightly better. And uh, I think their defense will just find a way. I think uh, Coach Rabel is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL right now, and he will find a way. Carolina at New Orleans. Normally, back in the day, this game was a exciting game to watch back in the Cam Newton days, but now it's Teddy Bridgewater. Not saying it won't be. I still think this is going to be a fun game to watch because Teddy Bridgewater coming back to his old team that he that was his redemption team a year ago that saved his career. So now he's playing them as a starter. So, and I think Michael Thomas is coming back. I think that uh, he's healthy now, and I think his one game suspension for punching the lights out of one of his players. 
is done, so we'll see. If Michael Thomas comes back in here, I think this comes as a, a W for the Saints. Carolina's been uh, struggling uh, on both sides of the ball. So as long as Michael Thomas is back, I think it's a W for New Orleans. Uh, Buffalo couldn't have picked an easier game. They're coming off two losses now, and they're pissed off, man. They want to get a win. They were 4-0 to start the season, and now they just uh, a loss this past uh, Monday against Kansas City. Uh, they That's their second loss now. So they they couldn't get an easier game here against New York Jets. Once again, I think the Jets are not going to win a single game this year. They're going to be, uh, once again, one of the most disappointing franchises ever. And I just don't see the Jets at all going up against one of the best Buffalo teams I've seen in a very long time. I think Buffalo, after coming out two losses, is going to just come in and destroy the Jets. They're going to take all their anger out of them and get win number five and continue that stride of being uh, one of the top teams in the NFL. Dallas versus Washington. First time these two teams are playing each other. Uh, Washington with Kyle Allen as a starting quarterback actually last week was pretty fun to watch. Not going to lie. He looked better than what Dwayne Haskins was producing for their offense. The offense was actually moving. So I, Kyle Allen going forward is the right choice, I think, for Washington. We'll have to see there. And he has a shot against a crappy Dallas defense. This has been letting up points by everybody. And got embarrassed by the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. So Dallas looking for a redemption this game. Andy Dalton game two. I mean, they're playing a tough... Washington has a great defense, so who's going to win this one? I'm actually giving this one to Washington. I think Dallas is still offensively going to do good. I know they sucked terribly against good Cardinals defense last week, and that was even without Chandler Jones. But I just think they're going to struggle again. I don't think Andy Dalton's quite ready yet to fully take the reins. I think they're just going to be struggling again. They're going to, for some reason, not target Cooper till the end. I don't know why they've been targeting him late the last two games. And I think Washington's going to take advantage of this, and they're going to get their second win and actually make themselves look like a playoff contender now going forward. Green Bay at Houston. Uh, Green Bay getting embarrassed, embarrassed by uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks last week. Brady uh, just doing what he normally does. Comes in is and just dominates. And Aaron Rodgers did not look like Aaron Rodgers at all. Threw two picks in that game. Did not look good. And Houston, the week before, they were coming off a tough law, a tough loss last week. They were going back and forth, back and forth, and, and that was against Tennessee, and they blew that game. But they were in it. So Tennessee's been the contender in some of their games this year. Who's going to win this one? I think Green Bay does fix the problems and win this one. But don't count Deshaun Watson and Romeo Cornell, Texans, out of this one. I think they're going to make it a game. So it's gonna, that's a good one to watch. It's an exciting game to watch. Is it going to be Barton or Who knows? But I think it's a decent game. Seattle, Arizona, I'm excited for this one. I'm definitely going to look forward to watching this game. Uh, both teams in divisional. Both teams fighting for that first spot. Seattle, Seattle coming off a bye. Uh, Arizona's coming off a huge win against the Cowboys week four. Uh, good game. Honestly, it all depends on how Seattle comes off the bye. I mean, they're they're five and zero. They're they're really good, but I could really see Arizona giving them a hard time. I think the way they, I I, I could see. I think Arizona's going to win this game. I think the Seattle defense has been terrible this year. I think Arizona's going to take advantage of that, similar to what we just saw them do a week before against uh, the Cowboys. Just open up the field and let the receivers take over, and Kyle Murray just doing his thing. You're going to see that in this game too. Same thing. So I think this game is going to be a very close game. It's going to come down to the wire on both. But I think Arizona sneaks out of there with the win and gives Seattle their first loss of the year. 
Kansas City at Denver. I think this is going to be another Kansas City rollover win game. I, I would be very shocked. This would be like the biggest upset of the week if Denver were to come out of nowhere and beat Kansas City. I just don't see it at all. Hey, but we've seen crazier things happen already this season, so I can't totally say, like, oh, Denver's got no shot, but I just think Kansas City. It'd be, it would just be weird to see Kansas City struggle against a team like Denver who's just injury-riddled and not as good as they, they should be. So, Kansas City with that one. Uh, New England at San Francisco. I had San Francisco pegged as a to get their butts whooped by the Rams, and they came out and did the exact opposite, and they whooped up on the Rams. Uh, Patriots did not look good in, uh, last week at all. Even with Cam Newton back, they just looked disappointed. This looked like a, a terrible, terrible uh, Patriots team. So can they come back this week and uh, recoup with San Francisco? Maybe. I don't think more more said their starting running back is playing. So that's going to be a little bit of a problem, but not really because they got Jack McKinnon. They got a bunch of other running backs who always – they always find a way with these running backs. I don't know. They stash them everywhere. Excuse me. They stash them all over the place. But I still think – I think Cam Newton and the Patriots wake up and be like, all right, let's get back on the road, guys. Let's figure this out. I think Stephon Gilmore, I don't even know if he played last week, so I'm not even going to say anything about that. If he's if he didn't play, I'm pretty sure he'll come back today. But if he did, then he just did bad, really, really bad last week. But uh, Cam Newton and Patriots, I'm going to give them the W here. Uh, Jacksonville and Los Angeles, both teams are really just bad. Just not good teams. This is, uh, I think... Both these teams are not good. Uh, but who's going to win? I'd probably say Los Angeles. I think they're due for a win. I mean, you could say the same thing about Jacksonville, but a better the, the, the Chargers coming also coming off a bye, well, something they really needed, a well-rested one. I think that will give them a little bit more of an advantage. Maybe some of those injured players that were out a few weeks ago come back in this game. So Chargers in this one, yeah, definitely over uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Tampa Bay, Las Vegas. It should be a pretty decent game. That's a Sunday night game. Uh, not really like uh, Las Vegas did come off that big upset win against Kansas City though, and now they're coming off a bye, so now they're a little more healthier this week. So uh, I think they do give Tampa Bay a little bit of a run for their money. I don't think it will be a total like blowout game. I don't see Vegas blowing them out, but I think Vegas will give them Tampa Bay some problems here and there, and Tampa Bay will have to switch some things up. So I think it's going to be a decent game. That could be the best game, but it's going to be a decent game. And then Monday night, eh, not the best game here, I personally think, for a, a, a Showtime game on Monday night. Uh, Chicago, eh, they're all right. I mean, they only got one loss, I know, but it's, like, crazy that they only got one loss. They're really not that fun to watch. They're kind of boring. But uh, they play the Los Angeles Rams, who are coming off an embarrassing loss the week before against the 49ers. Who would I pick in this one? Honestly, I kind of like Chicago. I mean, I like. I feel like ever since Nick Foles been the starting quarterback there, he's back to being the old Nick Foles like the uh, Eagles should have kept. But uh, you know, Rams. You know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see which Rams show up. Is it going to be the Rams, the good Rams that when you got Aaron Donald blowing people over and Jared Goff slinging it down to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, or are you going to get that terrible Rams team that we saw a week before that just got blown out by an injury real 49ers team but I'll still take Chicago on that one and then the buys for this week we have Indianapolis coming off a well-deserved victory week before they get a buy Dolphins oh look for them next week two a time I really think it's not right that it's gonna be two a time Fitzpatrick I thought was playing great the last two games and they just benched him out of nowhere I think it's the only reason they did that is for the hype for two coming at the end there 
But what are you going to do? Two a time a week from now. We'll talk about that next week. Interesting uh, game for Miami when they come back and two makes his debut. So we'll definitely bring that up next week. Uh, Minnesota on a bye. And Baltimore on a bye. So, yeah, that's your scheduling for this week. And uh, those were your rookies that I uh, liked. Offensive rookies I like to highlight. Maybe going down the future of the season, I'll throw in a, a few defensive rookies. I got to look some up. I got to do some stat work for that. It's really more eye to the offensive ones this week. So I knew a little bit more about them. But uh, maybe, maybe next week. I don't know if I'll do a rookie defensive thing next week. But I'll find something some to highlight uh, for uh, next week's show. We'll have to see. Also, I just want to give another quick shout-out to my boy Ryan Brown in Basement Banner. He gave me a shout-out on his show this week, so I got to give him a shout-out on this one. Thank you so much, Ryan Brownie, my little protege who I started him on his little radio. I begged him to be on my show, and he told me no, and then he came anyway. But he's a good kid. Ryan Brown, Basement Banner, watch his show. He talks about really everything, like I said, life, sports, drinking, politics uh this show's fucking nuts it's a great it's a great laugh show if you need just a solid kick back listen to some people banner about some crazy ass shit you watch basement banner and ryan brown great show man watch him great guy great people has a lot of good guests but that's gonna do it for me for this edition of the two minute warning show uh come back next week i'll throw some ideas around for uh some new stuff next week other than that solid week for football Get out there and watch some great football. Drink some beers. Have a good time. And once again, be safe and be well. Have a good weekend. Watch some football. See you next week, everybody.